This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. It's like a head-on car accident. Had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him, kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. And you can play it safe. You don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com. Hey, it is the Blue Bomber Podcast. Greg Mackling, Doug Brown with you and... Oh boy, the good, the bad, the ugly of the Banjo Bowl. We'll talk all about that. Is the Blue Bomber season over? Great big giant question mark around that. How do you stop the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Maybe it's just simply stopping number 33. We'll talk about pass protection. We'll talk about the latest addition to the CJOB family. Doug Brown is a papa. We'll talk all about that and much more right here on the Blue Bomber Podcast. Stick around, subscribe, share, and most of all, please take time and rate us. We would love to get your five-star rating, your review, because uh, that's what gets us more listeners and uh, we love more listeners on the blue bomber podcast why don't we get things going doug brown before we go any further congratulations on your baby girl born born this past weekend uh how's how you feeling how you doing <laughs> well that's an experience to say um um unbelievable i think two takeaways right this is what we do this is football speak you, you want to analyze you want to break down having your first child ever first of all a little late to the party better late than never i suppose but two things you learn from going through this experience in, in, in my words number one never in my entire life have i felt so utterly useless than sitting there and watching what is the equivalent of someone you love be tortured for four hours going through agonizing extremely painful scenarios and there's nothing you can do other than whisper sweet nothings into her. It is the most frustrating and uh, self-defeating uh, thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. You are useless, helpless, defeated. You're merely holding her hand and, uh, you know, trying not to let her break your hand at the same time. And yeah, it's just, it's incredible in that sense. I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult, very hard, very emotional scenario. The other takeaway I got from uh, this weekend, by the way, it's important to note if you haven't yet heard ninth month seventh day i'll never forget her birthday now that's why that's important yeah because um, you but, were going uh, to forever forget your dog even birthday. if cte shows up greg mackling okay i should be able to remember that <laughs> just see someone's jersey one day at the game i'll remember her birthday Perfect. anyways uh second takeaway you know you uh, there's a lot of guys that, that play pro football you know, and we walk around and we're like yeah we played you know you played in the nfl you played in the cfl whatever you think you're tough until, you know, I used to think I was tough. I used to think I was tougher than my partner, Monica. Until that happened. And now, not so much. Because I'm going to be frank with you, man. This was happening on the third floor at St. Boniface. And I would have jumped out the window. I would have got off the delivery bed and just ended it all. Probably an hour in, maybe. I would have just ended. Because you think... I don't know, pain tolerances, da, 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 da. you know, you've, you've been through, you play football, very dangerous, violent, uh, impacting sport, a lot of damage you do yourself, but you watch that for four hours, she was in that push zone. Things are tearing and ripping and I'm just like, oh, I would just be out here. I just, nope. 
sorry it's not gonna happen and i would i i, I can't even believe it it's it, uh it's 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 very it gives you perspective man it brings you down to earth and tells you hey hey you think it gives you a little bit of reality check that's for sure because that was one of the most impressive things i've ever seen in my life i think it's at that moment when you realize that whoever pegged women as the fairer sex had no idea what they were talking about I mean, the women are so much more tough than we are. It's it's and it's not. I never even, believed it. It's need, not even close. That, though, right? I was never. You, if you said that to me four days ago, I would have said Greg Mackling probably tougher than you. Certainly not in my case. But now, what am I going to do? I actually witnessed it. I was there. I saw what happened. The sacrifices she made to deliver this child. I'm forever humbled in terms of my manhood. Oh so, my word! I just took off my pants right there in the OR. I gave them to her. I said, here, wear these pants now. Doug Brown laying it all out here on the Blue Bomber podcast. That's what he does. Uh, I don't know if there's any way to baby talk around this. Matt Nichols, uh, you didn't manage to make it to work on Saturday, and, and, and that's okay. We, we, we didn't mind. We did miss your analysis, but I'm guessing you've seen at least the highlights of the game. Matt Nichols was atrocious on Saturday. Some terrible decision-making, if not for the penalty flags and some things that actually went the way of the Blue Bombers. Uh, essentially, Matt Nichols threw five interceptions in that first In game. a half. First half. In one half of football. I mean, that that's hard to do. He threw eight interceptions all last season to try and put that into some perspective. So the big story, the big question is, well, what's different? what's happening you know and uh i tried you know my column this week i tried to break down i'm like oh what's going on i watched it uh last i taped the game and i watched it yesterday and it was slow motion i was rewind slow motion i was looking at every single interception all five of them two that were called back and i was like what's going on here and you know the one song that came to my mind when i was trying to come up with an analogy to explain this is uh that song uh by chris cornell said be yourself is all that you can do you remember those you know those words right and watching those interceptions it just dawned on me i'm like he's trying to be someone he's not right now you know and nobody ever i would never come at Nichols and say hey man you're not working hard enough you're not doing your like i don't think anyone doubts his will to win his his preparation levels all these kind of things the likelihood but, of that is zero right but when you start scrambling when you start pressing when you when you when you get desperate out there and you overplay your position you know you kind of lose sight of who you were uh, what made you successful at this game and and what you're doing now like the things you're watching him do out there matt nichols just doesn't do in 2000 matt nichols we knew from 2016 2017 doesn't throw off his back foot as he's being sacked he doesn't just put it up for grabs you know he doesn't uh, um what was another scenario well the oh, underhand when he, yeah throw? when he's being sacked he doesn't reach around and try to do some ad lib Brett Favre kind of. There was nobody yeah. there. It, like it would have almost been excusable if there'd been a blue jersey anywhere in sight, but there plain and simply wasn't. And so he's really he's he's pressing. He's overplaying the position. He is so uh, I don't know. He's so affected. I think by the the outside noise and and just the way the season has gone and how the pressure is mounted on him. He's trying to become something he's not. And and it's getting worse that way instead of getting back to the fundamentals and looking at hey who am i as a quarterback what do i do well 
can I readdress those fundamentals and 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 go forward from there? Wasn't that part of the concern, Doug, about his reaction to the booing four weeks ago? Was that it was going to show, and I think for some people it did show that Matt Nichols is maybe not as mentally tough as we thought he was, and that you need to be to be a quarterback and to lead a football team. Yeah, I mean, that's... I know that's going to sound harsh, but <laughs> there, the, uh, let's be honest, that was part of the discussion a month ago. Fair? Yeah, I mean... All you can do is is make is speculate based on information you have, and things are going downhill right now. Obviously, as the pressure mounts, as the noise gets louder, unfortunately, the record is showing that his performance is falling off, ending with, you know, one of the probably the toughest performances he's ever had as a, as a professional football player. Easily, I'm sure, but you know what I wrote about my column is just like, I mean, he used to be Matty Ice. Nichols, right? And like Iceman. And you go back to your Top Gun scenario. And who was Iceman? I remember I actually looked it up on YouTube. I, I wanted to see the exchange where Tom Cruise was like telling Goose, it's like, who's who's that guy? Who's it? Why do they call him Iceman? He said. And he's like, he's Iceman because he doesn't make mistakes and he wears you down and then he's got you kind of thing. He's textbook. He fly, you know, it's all about he takes advantage of his opportunities when they're there. He doesn't have unforced errors. He doesn't make mistakes. He's as cool as ice in every critical scenario. And then when you, when you relent, when you falter, when you fail, that's when he's got you, right? That was his nickname. That's how I, but literally I could tell you if I went back and researched my columns, I swear to God, Iceman, Matt Nichols is in there somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, you know, just right now, it's gotten away from that, that, that ice man mentality melting a little bit obviously under the hot glare of of what's happening but you know if he was that way once before you have to hope and you have to think that he's capable of circling around and re-embracing those characteristics that made him so successful for multiple years here as a franchise quarterback for the winnipeg blue bombers i'm concerned about everybody you know that's my job i'm the head coach i think about each guy and how they're doing and and making sure they're obviously engaged and confident and all that so but him in particular you you need him playing the way he played last year and the year before that's not turning the ball over making good decisions right yeah but we need the team around him too to do well too so before i ask you the next question with regard to quarterback Mm. i have to ask you the question is this a lost season is the season over well, I think the season, uh, I think your focus maybe switches to fending off BC and fighting for a crossover berth. I don't necessarily think now at, at five and seven, um, I'm not sure how realistic it is to think that you're going to be in the thick of things and the way i mean granted this team has been on winning streaks before but that would be out of nowhere you want to talk about a left field would be all of a sudden this team putting together a winning streak granted they have a break where they need you know it gives them time to hopefully switch gears or get healthier or, or something or change an approach or who knows and they get montreal when they come back so maybe that's you know a tin can they need to beat up on a little bit to get their confidence back who knows and then they could go on a roll but as of right now it looks like you know um, competitiveness down the line looks to be possibly a crossover Eastern Division kind of thing. 
So how do fans rationalize this? Because that's who we're speaking with. That's who's hanging out with us right now. Uh, I don't think Mike O'Shea or Kyle Walters give a shit what we're talking about on this podcast, but the fans do. And so how do they react? How, you know, I had this discussion at Costco with a guy on Sunday. I had my blue bomber hat on. I was picking something up and the guy on the other side of the counter, Sean says, uh, so we're at the game yesterday. Yeah, I was at the game. You know, I, I didn't need to get into what I was doing there and he said boy that was tough to watch i said yeah it was i said you were there he said yeah i was there i said how do you feel today and he says i'm really sad and i'm really frustrated because he's a little this guy a little bit younger than me but you can tell he's been through the ups and downs of the last two decades at least and he said i felt bad when people were booing But the Bombers have to understand we're not booing this version of the team. We're booing 28 years of futility. And that made so much sense to me. And so, you know, I know you understand where the fans come from. And I've asked you the question about the Labor Day Classic and Banjo Bowl and some of these players that have only been here for a year or two. Do they understand the weight that comes with the privilege of playing for one of the more, more storied franchises in the, in the CFL, the great fan base, great stadium, all the stuff that we can talk about that's great about the Blue Bombers, but that dark cloud, that 28 years going on 29 without a Grey Cup champions, a championship, do the current players understand that? Well, I think they are now. I think, you know, I think they figured it out, you know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of plague has befallen this franchise or not. It's what's important in my mind is that it's a passionate fan base it's a fan base that cares so nothing worse than playing somewhere where people are just indifferent right and uh that's just the nature of the beast man when you win there's no i will tell you this until i'm blue in the face the 11 years i played in winnipeg when you win there's no better place you'd ever rather be than right here i mean the way people react and respond and and how it brightens their day and how it affects them and how they interact with you it's unbelievable when you win and when you lose you know they care at least they care and uh they're passionate about it and and they have frustrations and you know it just motivates you further to do what you know put in the effort and the work so you can be continue to be successful and uh bring them that you know that first championship is going to happen sooner or later and there's where else would you rather do it than a place that was starved of it for so long and to be a part of the answer of the solution of turning that corner for this franchise i mean that's as appetizing as it gets for a professional football player to be part of that lore that is eventually going to happen. Four weeks ago, a phone caller on the post-game show suggested that the Blue Bombers would never win a Grey Cup with Matt Nichols, that they needed to look for a new quarterback. Uh, we illustrated on this podcast the response of yourself, of Bob Irving, and I think it was a sentiment most people shared, was that, come on, dude, Rob from Calgary, you're out of your mind. Uh, is something that is some of that starting to seep in now? Do you think that the question mark is getting larger by the week as to whether or not the Blue Bombers have to consider moving on from Matt Nichols? Like, how, how, how do you how do you approach this if you're Kyle Walters, if you're Mike O'Shea? Does Chris Strevler start the next game? How do you manage this, Doug Brown? I mean, a lot of, uh, it's interesting, everyone out there is like, oh, well, Strevler came in, he didn't really do that much better, right? And uh, still threw two picks and had the same... Uh, completion and uh, attempt what 10 for 20 or something like that just like Mm -hmm. Matt Nichols and neither one of them did themselves any favors obviously 
But, you know, for me, uh, I give Strebler one more start just because I I, I think... uh, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt Nichols anymore to to sit out one game, but I don't think it's fair when you're a backup. I mean, obviously, it's your role to be thrown into a game in, in difficult circumstances and perform well. But you got to understand, throughout the week, when you're the starter, when you're the starting quarterback, you get all the reps. I mean, the number two, I would say, what if you got 10% of the reps during the week for for the the package that's being put in you're lucky kind of thing and that's just the burden of the job you don't play all the time what's hard is when you are thrust in to make the most of your opportunity so I would like to see Straveler obviously we already know he crushed Montreal the first time around so he's familiar he's very confident against that team but I would also like to see him uh, this much later in the regular season since when he played I'd like to see him get all the reps throughout a week get the game plan have those special things thrown in there those little wrinkles that suit his skill set better i'd like to see him take all the reps get all the preparation get all the practice and see if he can beat montreal because for me it's not really equitable when a guy just is thrown into a game not expecting it didn't have anything going on during the week you know he's still backup guy um, it's a different experience, I think, if you go through the preparation week as a starter. I'd like to see, I think it'd be a great test to see where he's at in terms of how he's progressed from when initially when he was a starter due to injury, now uh, potentially a starter due to struggles of, of another player. But let's see, is he, has he progressed now? Can he, can he do, can he run the entire offensive playbook like we saw Matt Nichols do it? And, and does he do it successfully and does he do it well? It'll be a good litmus test for him him and his development as a quarterback I think if he gets one opportunity here and then I would play it on a week by week basis you know if he wins that he plays well well you know maybe you give him another one maybe if he doesn't well you know Matt Nichols won a lot of games here still has a winning record as a quarterback maybe it's time to to give him another chance as well so uh, good options going forward that's the way I think it should play out in my mind but but who knows like I said hard to predict that maybe listen to the coach or so we'll find out we'll uh, sneak some of that audio into the podcast for you from uh, the coaches show Monday night here on 680 CJOB 7 to 8 if you want to set your alarm clock and set your uh, reminders on your uh, cell phones he works so hard he puts uh, so much of his time devotes so much energy into being the best he can be and you know everything he does every decision he makes on the football field or even off the football field is for the team and the decisions he he made are him trying to make plays for his teammates or if there's a mistake somewhere else on the field then he's trying to fix it but uh, we've got to just slow it down let the game come to him a little more and and reset and he'll be fine Andrew Harris had 158 yards rushing eight nine days ago now in Regina he didn't have nearly that many yards rushing against Saskatchewan in the Banjo Bowl. Is is stopping Andrew Harris? I, I I've been a believer for three years. As goes Andrew Harris, as go the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think he's much more important or as important as Matt Nichols is in terms of the team success. So have teams finally figured out that either manage Andrew Harris or stop him altogether, and you can beat this team. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously in the Liberty Classic, he was on fire and they still won that game, but uh, he was certainly taken out of the equation um, in the Banjo Bowl and, you know, it was one of the worst performances we've seen offensively. I think right now that is certainly the equation stopping the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because their aerial attack is just not there, you know. Um, I think... uh, uh, Wolotarski is is jumping off the page for me right now. I think uh, he looks like he's going to be. You remember Jason Claremont from the BC Lions and and Saskatchewan. Yeah, guy looks like yeah he's just physical. Guys bounce off him. He's sure handed possession guy, and he's physical after he gets that catch. You know he's he's not a finesse player any way shape or form. I love the, his routes he runs and how deliberate he is. Uh, so I really like that, but uh, there's there's development happening there. But I think as a whole, I think the aer- aerial attack right now is just suffering. Now, that'll improve. Everyone expects Western Dressler to be back uh, when uh, Montreal game, when Montreal rolls into town here. But right now, without question, you know, you stop Andrew Harris, your odds are looking spectacular with the disarray that is currently the Bomber uh, passing game. So it's uh, they lead the league in a lot of categories or up there offensively. But uh, average passing yards per game is not one of them. Yeah, and unfortunately, one of the categories they lead is uh, interceptions uh, per attempt. And that's obviously going to uh, have to stop if the Bombers are going to turn this thing around. Last one, Saskatchewan used a three-man rush in a lot of situations over the last two weekends. The Blue Bomber offensive line so heralded amongst their colleagues across the CFL as the best uh, offensive line in the league. And clearly, they've had a couple of, of injuries in the last few weeks that would alter the the personnel that they're able to throw at that but Doug how, how do you get your head around the idea that Saskatchewan was getting pressure on Matt Nichols and Chris Trevler with three guys rushing. rushing three and some you know there were times where they're in seven man protection and we saw I saw five six and seven man protection against a three man rush and uh, I mean granted you know Willie Jefferson is a beast right and who do you got coming off the other side from Calgary his name just slipped my Charleston Hughes Charleston Hughes yeah you know I mean hey full credit to those guys 11 career sacks full credit to those guys those guys are are, but you know what when you have a three man rush and you got say five blockers and or Andrew Harris in the backfield that's six on that's two for each guy Right, and then you're like, "Oh, what are you gonna do, dude? You got five or six guys. You, you can figure it out. How you're gonna get? I mean, have a aggressive set from those tackles outside. Have that guard come. Have Andrew Wham block somebody up the middle. I don't, I don't know what kind of protection we'd use, but it just it's tough, man. Because a lot of I think. Uh, the struggles we've seen, I mean, that contributes to the problems that Matt Nichols is having is the fact that, you know, guys are getting his face and he's obviously not comfortable. He's obviously doing uncharacteristic things when he's being pressured and he's not. Maybe 2016, 2017, maybe a better protection. Maybe he's always in a cleaner pocket than what we're seeing right now. And this is what's rattling him is guys are getting to him and smacking him around. And that is part of the equation for throwing him off his game. But it's also then a double whammy 
whammy, Doug, because if you're getting pressure with three, that means you're dropping nine. You're dropping nine, and you've got a quarterback now who's throwing into coverage. So, I I mean, this is the beauty of what Chris Jones has managed to put together in Saskatchewan with regards to this very tough, much heralded Saskatchewan defense. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, this is just, it all breaks down, all becomes a math equation, right? You're like, okay, hey, we're getting pressure by sending only three. That leaves us nine. And if you're blocking with five, six, or seven, right? So you count the quarterback at six, seven, or eight, plus you throw a running back in there, okay? That's seven, eight, or nine guys. That leaves, what does that leave? Three, four, or five potential receiving targets against nine. Right. So it can be three against nine, it can be four against nine, or five against nine in terms of of coverage out there. And that makes things, that's not a lot of space. That's not a lot of room. That's a lot of cover. That's that's guys everywhere, right? You're like, I'm having nightmares about rider defenders. They're everywhere, seemingly everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just it. If you can, it shows you how, you know, valuable and impacting that can be to have a dominant front especially one i mean we used to a dominant fronts i played on uh when we had them we we get pressure with four you know well, and, you had uh, at different times you had tom canada yourself yeah. uh joe fleming all playing together right and then you know your your mystery Gavin walls you had we, right. we had so you, many you had different ends, guys right? and, that, and that was a huge advantage for us you know defensive coordinators i had loved when we could get heat when we could hit the quarterback we could sack him we could pressure him with just four and we had eight behind us. Imagine if you, only, if you could do it with three and stop the run, potentially, and have nine behind you. It's just one degree, one increment better. And, uh, yeah, that defense, I mean, I'm not impressed in any way, shape, or form by the Saskatchewan offense, but that defense, whew, my goodness, they're, uh, they're rounding in form a little bit. Bomber defense was a little has yeah. actually been pretty good the last couple of games. I think we have to give some credit where credit is due. They've been on the field a lot more than they need to be or ought to be and should expect to be. And uh, they've held the fort for the most part. I've been quite impressed with the way the Blue Bomber Talk about the Twilight back, Zone, right? right? When was the last time it was... You know, the defense is fine. We're not even worried about the defense. We're not worried about passing yards. We're not concerned right. with these things anymore. We got a big problem offensively, right? Like, it's uh, it's interesting. This is why when you're on a football team, you never point fingers at each other. Because if guys on offense had been all along defense, what are you doing? Hold them. You know, you give up so many yards. What is this, a golf course? What's going on here, right? You point fingers at those guys, and then guess what? Guess what? Those guys don't forget that. This is why you don't do it because they don't forget it. And now all of a sudden you see yourself in a situation where your unit, your phase of the football team is vulnerable. They won't forget. They'll come right back at you and be like, you know, so that's why football teams, it's always stressed. You always keep the, the that team identity and you never come down on any of the individual phases and units because sometimes you know, you think you got it. You think you got a good group, man. It sneaks up on you. Things get away from you in, in professional football. And uh, that's something I'm, I'm hoping I, and I would expect they don't have that scenario to contend with. All right. From one dad to another. One more time. Congratulations, Doug. Get some sleep. The Blue Bombers on a bye week. So what day is it today? I just want to know that. It, it, today is Monday, <laughs> okay. Doug, as okay. we record Thank this. You. I'm going to give you next week off. We're going to take a break. The Blue Bombers face the Montreal Alouettes on September 21st. It's a Friday night. We will review that game the following Monday and have it for you here on the Blue Bomber podcast. So excuse us as we take a week to catch 
our breath and wrap our head around everything that's going on, not only with the Blue Bombers, but let uh, Papa Doug get things all figured up. All the best to you and Monica, Doug, and we'll, we'll catch you in about two weeks' time, my friend. Awesome. Thanks. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. That is, wow, that's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com. 